Of all the inventions of the 20th century, the one that has impacted our lives most could be said to be the World Wide Web. It was invented by Sir Tim Berners-Lee, a scientist, an academic and a visionary. The World Wide Web had one very important mission at its heart. It was created for and continues to be built by everyone. I'm Leanne Walker and this is Wonder. The show where each week I bring you tales of wonder and curiosity from across the globe about the people, places and events that shape our daily lives. Timothy John Berners-Lee was born on the 8th of June 1955 and grew up in London. He is the son of two computing pioneers who were part of a Manchester University team that developed the first commercial electronic computer. That was sold by Ferrantes Limited. Tim studied physics at Oxford University and then became a software engineer. In 1980, while working at CERN, the European Particle Physics Laboratory in Geneva, He first described the concept of a global system that would allow researchers anywhere to share information. His work at CERN at that time involved writing an application to keep track of CERN's many scientists and their projects. Thousands of researchers would travel to CERN to do their experiments using their own computers, which they brought with them. A not insubstantial task as there was no neat iPads or laptops then. This caused two major problems for CERN. How do they physically accommodate all these incompatible computers? And how would they share the researchers' data between them? Tim set about trying to solve those problems. On the 12th of March 1989, he published a paper simply called Information Management, a proposal, in which he married up hypertext with the internet to create a system for sharing and distributing information not just within a company, but globally. He called it the World Wide Web. In the proposal, he wrote, quote, In providing a system for manipulating this sort of information, the hope would be to allow a pool of information to develop which could grow and evolve with the organisation and the projects it describes. For this to be possible, the method of storage must not place its own restraints on the information. This is why a web of notes with links, like references, between them is far more useful than a fixed hierarchical system. The proposal was reviewed by Mike Sendal, Tim's manager at the time, and he commented, quote, vague but exciting. Fortunately, Mike thought enough of the proposal to allow Tim to work on it on the side. By 1990, Tim had a fully formed vision, His thoughts were to, quote, suppose all the information stored on computers everywhere were linked. All the bits of every computer at CERN and on the planet would be available to me and to anyone else. There would be a single global information space. The task of linking hypertext and the internet came to be with the help of Robert Calio and intern Nicola Pello. By Christmas 1990, they had a version of a web page a web server that holds the web pages, and a web browser, a program to view and find the pages. 
the world's first website, http colon forward slash forward slash info.cern.ch, was launched on the 6th of August 1991. It explained the World Wide Web concept and gave users an introduction to getting started with their own websites. Over the next couple of years, Tim Berners-Lee and Robert Kalio worked on improving the software and on encouraging CERN to release the source code so that anyone could create their own web page. He believed strongly that this was not just his, but for everyone. He wanted a free and accessible World Wide Web. On the 30th of April 1993, CERN put the World Wide Web in the public domain, a critical milestone in enabling broad adoption of the web. Very quickly, interest in the web gathered pace, and increasingly, from commercial quarters. To ensure the independence of the web, in 1994, Tim founded the World Wide Web Consortium, or W3C, at the Laboratory of Computer Science in MIT in Boston. Tim has served as director of the consortium since then. The consortium would bring together people from government, business and universities so that all web creations were compatible. He wanted to ensure that no one could take it for for their own purposes. Tim Berners-Lee has been the one constant throughout the immense and wild growth of the web since its inception. He is the anchor. He's a very private person and has never sought fame or money for his work. His dream is to continue to make the web a place for all, something that's getting harder as each year passes. At this stage, it's probably best to make clear that the web is not the same thing as the internet. They are entirely independent, yet inexorably linked. The first internet protocols were defined in 1969 and describe how to send packets of information between pieces of software. The World Wide Web is a vast system of interlinked hypertext documents accessed on the internet. Since 1969, many applications have used the internet protocols in different ways, including email, FTP and the web. The web is any information that's identified with a URL, a universal resource locator, and it's this URL that is the most fundamental piece of web technology. Unlike many technologies, the internet has no single inventor. Instead, it has evolved over time. It got started in the United States more than 50 years ago as a government weapon in the Cold War. For years, scientists and researchers used it to communicate and share data with one another. Today, we use the internet for almost everything, and for many people, it would be impossible to imagine life without it. On October 4, 1957, the Soviet Union launched the world's first man-made satellite into orbit. I explored this in an earlier episode of Wonder, called July 20. If you want to hear that, and for some more information, head on over to the website at www.injustoneday.com forward slash July 20. The satellite, known as Sputnik 1, moved around in outer space, sending signals from its radio transmitters as it circled Earth. The Soviets' launch of the Sputnik satellite gave concern to the US Defence Department about what would happen in the event of an attack. Scientists and military experts were particularly concerned about what might happen to the US telephone system in the event of an attack. One missile could destroy the whole network of lines and affect long-distance communication. 
1962, a scientist called JCR Licklider from MIT and ARPA, which was the Advanced Research Projects Agency, proposed a solution to this problem called a galactic network of computers. The hope was that these computers would talk to one another and enable government leaders to communicate even if the Soviets destroyed the telephone system. In the previous year, Leonard Kleinrock submitted a doctoral dissertation to MRT called Information Flow in Large Communication Nets. This work is considered the first paper on packet switching theory. Packet switching breaks down data into blocks or packets before sending it to its destination. All this work eventually led to the formation of ARPANET, the Advanced Research Projects Agency Network, the network that ultimately evolved into what we now know as the Internet. ARPANET was a great success, but membership was limited to certain academic and research organisations who had contracts with the US Defence Department. In response to this, other networks were created to provide information sharing. By the end of 1969, just four computers were connected to the ARPANET, but the network grew steadily during the 1970s. In 1971, it added the University of Hawaii's Aloha Net, and two years later it added networks at London University College and the Royal Radar Establishment in Norway. As packet-switched computer networks multiplied, it became more difficult for them to integrate into a single worldwide internet. By the end of the 1970s, a computer scientist named Avintin Cerf had begun to solve this problem by developing a way for all the computers in the world mini-networks to communicate with one another. He called his invention Transmission Control Protocol, or TCP. Later, he added an additional protocol known as Internet Protocol, or IP. Following this invention, this revolutionised the use and accessibility of the Internet. As a result of all this, January 1st, 1983 is considered the official birthday of the Internet. In 1991, the year that the World Wide Web was widely introduced changed the Internet again. It was now not simply just a way to send files from one place to another, but was itself a web of information that anyone on the internet could retrieve. This is the internet that we know today. The creation of the World Wide Web opened these possibilities to the world. It allowed people to share, create and communicate like never before. The web is no longer just an information sharing conduit, but a place to do business, to share stories, connect with others, easily reach loved ones across the world and collaborate in research and science. Humans are social animals and the World Wide Web allows us to do what we do best. Share, learn, collaborate, innovate and create. In 2017, in a world with a population of over 7.3 billion people, there are 3.7 billion internet users, almost half the population, 2.8 billion social media users, 4.9 billion unique mobile users and 1.6 billion e-commerce users. With this fantastic opportunity that the web and the internet afford us, also comes considerable responsibility. Tim Berners-Lee's guiding principle for the web is that it is by everyone and for everyone, and that this principle should always be protected. The open, free, trusting and safe web that Tim Berners-Lee envisioned in 1989 is a gift to us all. We should use it with care and continue to create the world we want to see. Tim Berners-Lee, 
continues to dedicate his time to enhancing and protecting the web's future. Deservedly, Tim Berners-Lee has received numerous awards and accolades over the years. He was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2004. He has received over 10 honorary doctorates and was elected as Fellow of the American Academy of Arts and Science in 2009. He's a member of the Internet Hall of Fame and was awarded the Finland Millennium Prize in 2004 and the A.M. Turing Award, often called Computing's Nobel Prize, in 2016. Without his proposal on the 13th of March 1989 being submitted, being read and then being given the freedom to explore the idea further, would we have the web we have today? We'll never know, because on that day in 1989, Tim Berners-Lee had the courage, the conviction and belief to put his idea out there. It was read, it was given the space to be explored and it became one of the innovations of the 20th century. So Sir Tim... To the message, this is for everyone, that you sent to us during the London 2012 Olympic opening ceremony and that was viewed by 900 million people worldwide. We salute you and we say thank you. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit injustonedayor.com forward slash wonder, where you'll find the show notes, links and sources. I've also put together a PDF of information about today's topic. To get that, head on over to www.injustoneday.com forward slash for everyone. Keep in touch via Facebook at InJustOneDay, Twitter OneDay2 or email us at hello at InJustOneDay.com. But until next time, have a great day. Hold up. 